Good morning, sports fans. This is Garrison Talk Sports here on Anchor. I hope you guys had an excellent Halloween last night. Sorry I haven't been posting very much lately to to my listeners. Uh, I've just been very busy with school and then obviously Halloween festivities with the family last night. Hope you guys had a safe and happy Halloween, ate a bunch of candy. I sure know I did. Uh, It was a lot of fun. But in the meantime, there's been a lot of sports action going on, starting with the World Series. Yesterday, the L.A. Dodgers defeated the Houston Astros by a score of 3-1, to one, which was quite a surprise considering all the home runs we've seen in this series. Uh, in Game 5, the Astros defeated the Dodgers 13-12, to 12, if I'm remembering that score correctly, in a game that saw a whole lot of offense and a whole lot of home runs. Saw a lot of tweets trending talking about the ball uh, being juice. And uh, a lot of people were wondering about that. Well, game six took a big turn and it turned into a three to one uh, defensive struggle uh, in favor of the Dodgers. So now the all the um, world word we all love to hear game seven. Game seven is uh, one of the most exciting things in all sports. And we're going to get to see that tonight. The Houston Astros have not won a World Series in their 56 uh, seasons of existence. The LA Dodgers haven't won one in 29 years. So both teams are extremely hopeful that they can come out on top in this one. And I expect it to be an excellent game. Uh, This could go either way, the way these teams are playing. I really don't know what to expect. All I know is that I'll be following this closely and get you guys an update on it, uh, hopefully tonight. Moving on, the uh, NFL saw a huge explosion in trade activity right before the deadline as the uh, Dolphins traded uh, Jay Ajayi to the Philadelphia Eagles in what can only be described as a very surprising and confusing trade. The rich get richer in this one as the Eagles' already fantastic roster improves. They now bolster their backfield with Garrett Blount. Now Jay Ajayi provides more of that breakaway speed. Uh, And LeGarrette Blount, that's going to be an excellent combo, I think, especially uh, in short yardage situations they can go to Blount. uh, And then Ajayi can carry a lot of the workload as as well on first, second, third down. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, longtime Patriots backup, has been sent to the San Francisco 49ers for a couple of picks. Uh, This was a very surprising move for a lot of Patriot fans because now they literally have no backup. Although they did just sign Brian Hoyer to a three-year deal. I think I saw news for that. So this will be interesting for the 49ers. I'm not sure why they went this way. simply because I don't think a quarterback is going to solve all their problems. Especially one as untested as Garoppolo. Yes, he's had success in the few games he started in. But I don't think he would change the fortunes completely of the franchise there's a lot of holes on this roster and the games they've lost they've been pretty close you know they've been competitive games even though they're 0-8 they've been a very competitive football team the defense has kept them in it in certain nights it's just little mistakes here and there that have gotten them that record so I'll be interested to see how Garoppolo does Uh, Kelvin Benjamin was traded from the Panthers to the Buffalo Bills. This one was really surprising to me because the the Panthers are already without Greg Olson. Kelvin Benjamin was one of Cam Newton's better targets, and now he's gone. So 
I'm not sure if the Panthers are just deciding to pack it in or what, but this is going to leave some problems on their offense, uh, in my opinion. So we'll see how this one plays out. And then finally for the Seahawks, Dwayne Brown was traded from the Texans to the Seahawks uh, to bolster that offensive line. This is a good move for the Seahawks. Uh, Dwayne Brown has had some Pro Bowl-type seasons, and I think he's really going to help Russell Wilson not have to run for his life on every play. So for the Seahawks, is an excellent move. The Texans were going to receive Jeremy Lane, but he failed his physical, so they just received a higher draft pick. Uh, instead, the Seahawks also received a fifth-round pick from the Texans uh, in the 2018 season. Uh, and according to many reports, the Eagles are also trying to trade the Lions for Calvin Johnson, who is currently retired. No news as to how that has unfolded as of yet. Moving on from NFL news, we go to college football as the uh, college football playoff top 25 was released for the first time. This obviously doesn't really have much bearing on the current situation as the rankings will undoubtedly change as weeks progress. But the first four in are num Georgia comes in at number one over Alabama. Alabama comes in at number two. Notre Dame at number three, which I think is extremely well-deserved with how they've performed this season and when you look at their schedule. And lastly, number four, Clemson. The first two out are Oklahoma and then number six or number six, Ohio State. Uh, I'm pretty surprised with this Georgia ranking coming in at number one. When you look at their schedule, they beat App State. They beat Notre Dame, which is their only quality win on the season thus far, in my opinion. They beat Samford. No, not Stanford, Samford. Let me make sure you heard that. Mississippi State, who's finally climbed into the top 25, so that makes their win look better. But at the time, they were unranked, unproven. Uh, they beat Tennessee, who's having a horrible season thus far. They beat Vanderbilt. A lot of people beat Vanderbilt. Missouri, who is currently, I think, has two wins on the season. They beat Florida, who just fired their coach. And the rest of the way... They have Auburn, who's ranked 16th, so that's really their last test. They have Kentucky, South Carolina, and Georgia Tech. So when I look at that schedule, I just see weak, weak sauce, if I'm being honest. Everybody talks about how amazing the SEC is and how talented and deep the SEC is. That's a load of crap. The SEC is not deep anymore. It is not the conference that was so dominant as people remember in the mid to late early 2000s. From uh, basically 2005 to 2012, absolutely, the SEC was dominant. But that's no longer the case. It's Alabama and this year Georgia. And let's take a look at Alabama's schedule. They haven't exactly... They haven't exactly beaten that many world beaters this year. Um, let's take a look here. Going to the top of the schedule. They defeated Florida State, who's fallen apart ever since their quarterback went out. They're 2-5 on the season. They beat Fresno State, Colorado State, Vanderbilt, Mississippi, who's in flux right now after losing their head coach and their program is in turmoil after the investigations uh, by the NCAA. Texas A&M, that was solid, but Texas A&M hasn't done anything since. Arkansas has had a terrible year. Tennessee, they beat them, obviously. 
Um, this weekend they have 19th ranked LSU, so that should be interesting. Then they have Mississippi State Mercer, which is a load of crap. The fact that Alabama has the arrogance to schedule basically a bye week late in the season just to get their team healthy. You don't see any other conference have that ability. And people argue, oh, well, it's the SEC. You know, they're, they're, they're allowed to do that. Look how tough their schedule is. It's not tough. It's not. The, the SEC is no longer deep. And Alabama taking a bye that late in the schedule, no other conference does that. You look at the Pac-12, they have to play all conference after the first two or three games. You look at the Big Ten, it's the same way. And I think the Big Ten is overrated as well, let me add. The ACC has to play all conference after the first three weeks. But Alabama is the only program I've seen in recent memory Scheduled teams like Mercer are weak out-of-conference teams this late in the season. And they get away with it because they're the cash cow of the NCAA. And they're allowed to do this. I think the NCAA should look at changing the rules in order to make them play actual competition all the way through. uh, So they can't just waltz into the Final Four in a very cheating manner. You look at my team, Washington State. We have to play Stanford. We have to play at Utah and then at the University of Washington. And then if we win out and win our division, we have to go to the conference championship. So, yeah, I'll give Alabama that. They have to go to the conference championship, which they will because they'll undoubtedly win the rest of their schedule. But when people tell me that the SEC is the best conference, I can't help but laugh with how you know, week, the bottom half of the conference is. The SEC is no longer dominant, in my opinion. And we saw that last year with Clemson's win. So moving on from that SEC is overrated rant I just had, we go to the number three ranked team, Notre Dame. And Notre Dame, I think, is actually well-deserved. Let's take a look at their schedule and some of their key wins throughout the season. Early on, their only loss of the year, they lost to number two ranked Georgia. And at the time, you know, we didn't know how good Georgia was. And uh, Georgia has looked you know, phenomenal. Then they've got run the table since then. So that makes Notre Dame's loss look pretty understandable. And they have quality wins over a tough Michigan State team who's excellent on defense. They thumped them by 20. Uh, they have a win over USC, which we've all found out has, you know, it definitely wasn't as talented as, you know, the original poll thought. They got a quality win over NC State, whose defense was phenomenal. They just couldn't you know, hold on for the entire game when their offense kept getting forced off the field by Notre Dame's defense, who has vastly improved from last year. And let's look at the rest of their schedule. Uh, Wake Forest, that should be no problem. Then they travel to number nine, Miami. And I think they'll get the win there because Miami hasn't looked that impressive in their wins. They have Navy, which is always a tricky game for Notre Dame. You know, every year it's, you never know what, kind of performance you're going to get from the midshipmen and then at Stanford who has looked fantastic the second half of the season their only losses being early on when they were trying to find their identity since then they've ripped off you know multiple wins in a row all of them impressive and they're facing my Cougs this weekend so if Stanford's able to beat Washington State that's just going to look even better for Notre Dame as they uh, get ready to play them on the 25th of November 
So Notre Dame, I think they're ranking well-deserved. They've looked fantastic on offense uh, with a dual-threat quarterback and their running game uh, behind that powerful offensive line. Uh, They're a threat, I think. They suck you in with that run game, and then next thing you know, they're beating you over the top with their athletic uh, and lanky receivers. Uh, And thus far, nobody has been able to stop them except early on in that Georgia game. Had that game been played later in the season, I think Notre Dame would have beaten Georgia pretty handedly. So it's going to be interesting to see how the rest of their season pans out. Moving on. As we move on from Notre Dame, we move to number four, Clemson, who was ranked uh, fourth in the top 25 rankings. I have mixed feelings about this one. I can't get over their loss to Syracuse. Syracuse is undoubtedly a solid opponent, and they're very underrated. But Syracuse really hasn't done much since. You know, they picked up a few wins here and there. They lost a close one to Miami, but Syracuse really is shouldn't be on Clemson's level. And uh, you look at the rest of Clemson's schedule, they beat uh, Auburn, which was a pretty ugly game, but they won it. We'll give them that. Louisville they beat, but Louisville has crumbled this season, absolutely crumbled. I'm really not sure what people see in LeVar Jackson, by the way. He can't really – he's a dual-threat quarterback, but he's not going to be much of a threat passing in in the NFL, in my opinion. He's going to be a guy like Terrell Pryor who changes positions to a wide receiver, possibly. Um, I just don't see what the scouts – see you know and that's actually a threat at quarterback but back to Clemson I'm not sure they are deserving of this ranking you know you look at some of their wins on the season they beat uh, they beat Wake Forest got a solid win at Virginia Tech that's when everyone thought that they were still you know a world beater that lost to Syracuse then they beat Georgia Tech this weekend will tell a lot by how good Clemson is as they take on NC State who I think is a very talented team on defense. Can NC State score some points this weekend? They couldn't last week against Notre Dame. So that's going to be the key in that game right there. Then they take on a weak Florida State team, a weak Citadel team, which is exactly what Alabama did, by the way. So I I can't stand when these elite teams schedule such mediocrity late in the season that is just unfair to the rest of the teams in the country who have to play conference opponents late in the season then they finish with South Carolina who's had an up and down season at best so that's the top four right there and then we look at the first two out Oklahoma and Ohio State and at first when I heard that I was upset simply because both of these teams had some pretty bad losses on their schedule that I thought should have dropped them out of contention Uh, we look at Ohio State they did have that win earlier in the year to Oklahoma or that loss excuse me earlier in the year to Oklahoma and you know everybody panicked and thought they were just going to unravel Since then, they've rattled off six straight wins. Granted, five of those were against pretty poor competition. And then finally, this last weekend, they got the win over Penn State in the horseshoe, 39-38. That was a fantastic game. They trailed by as much as 
uh, 20 or or maybe it was 18. I forget. It was 28-10 at one point. Uh, and they were able to climb all their way back and win 39 to 38. They outscored Penn State 19 to 3 in the fourth quarter. So t- some pretty poor coaching on Penn State's part to uh, ice away the game. Now you look at the rest of their schedule. Uh, they have at Iowa this weekend, and I think Iowa can certainly upset Ohio State and ruin what playoff chance they have. Then they have Michigan State, who has always been tough for them defensively, and those games are always ugly and uh, down to one possession. Illinois, they should they should be finding in Slubby Smith squad. And then lastly, at Michigan in uh, the big house. And the way Michigan has looked this second half of the season and the way they've fallen apart offensively, I don't think Ohio State's going to have much issue going in and winning another game against their hated rival. So... Really, you look at Iowa and Michigan State as their last two remaining tests, and then obviously the Big Ten Championship, uh, and we'll see what happens, really. So I, I like I don't like Ohio State's schedule in comparison to uh, the number five team, Oklahoma. Oklahoma, you look at their next two games this weekend at Oklahoma State, who is ranked pretty highly, and then against TCU in Norman back to back tough competition who were who were at one point playoff contenders until they uh, suffered some pretty bad losses which kind of put them out since but if Oklahoma can win those two games and then they have a tough game against West Virginia to end the season I think they have a much better shot at making it into the playoff uh, assuming one of the top four loses uh which at some point, oh you know, Georgia or Alabama will lose, considering they have to play each other in the SEC championship. Now that's assuming they go undefeated and make it there in the first place. But uh, I think Oklahoma has a great shot of being in the playoff picture, which is saying something, considering they lost to Iowa State in the middle of the season. So... It's going to be interesting. We're going to have to see how all this plays out. It's early on. The rankings don't really matter at this point. But uh, I think Oklahoma has an excellent chance of being represented in the uh, college football playoff. So we're just going to have to take a look and see as time moves on. guys if that music doesn't get you excited i don't know what will the ncaa college basketball rankings have finally been released and uh, i'm excited for college basketball to be back not really in my area as washington state is the bottom feeder of the pac-12 when it comes to basketball we do have gonzaga here close to the palouse that is a national you know powerhouse that people many people don't know about um you know, they finished second last year to North Carolina, where they fell by a couple of points in the national championship game. Uh, but the top 25 has been released, and we look at number one. That's the Duke Blue Devils. They received 33 first-place votes. And the Duke Blue Devils will hope to do a little bit better than last year. 
as a, a year ago they took its preseason number one ranking and promptly disappointed, finishing a disappointing 28-9 before losing in the second round uh, to South Carolina. So uh, they'll hope for a better result this time around. The Associated Press once again tapped Duke as its top-ranked team uh, with Michigan State trailing closely behind at number two. They received 13 place votes. And then uh, Arizona coming in at number three, who received 18 votes. Um, Kentucky comes in at number four, or excuse me, number five. Kansas at number four, they were receiving one vote for that first place bid. So a very, you know, we're used to seeing a lot of these teams up here at the top. And, uh, it's good to see Tom Izzo's team back there in contention. We'll see, obviously, how the season pans out. These preseason rankings really don't mean anything, as I'm sure a lot of these teams won't even be in the top 25 by the time the NCAA tournament rolls around. Um, I'm I'm just excited to have it back. You know, there's nothing like the NCAA tournament. There's so much excitement involved, and it's it's going to be fun to start filling out those brackets again as that rolls around. So. College basketball is on its way, guys, and uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, as far as uh, some games that are happening today, it's Wednesday, NBA Wednesday, um, and we take a look at some of the action across the NBA. Uh, you've got the uh, 76ers taking on the Atlanta Hawks. I got the 76ers in that one. The Cleveland Cavaliers playing the Indiana Pacers, who have been surprisingly good uh, at this point in the season, uh, and the Cavs have been struggling. The Cavs, I think, uh, lost their last game. I'm not sure who, who too. Maybe it was the Magic or the Brooklyn Nets, one of those two teams. Um, and they're struggling to put it together right now. Obviously, it's early in the season. Doesn't really matter. Later, we all know they're going to be the number one seed in heading into the playoffs. But the Pacers have been looking good with Victor Oladipo. Um, and I'm trying to forget who, who had the other good game. Played at four Gonzaga a few years ago. Sabonis, I want to say. Yeah, Sabonis. He had a double-double against my Spurs. So I'll remember his name going forward. Um, and Miles Turner hasn't even been in action as of late. I think he's been nursing an injury. So hopefully he gets better soon so the Pacers can get some rhythm rolling. Then we got the Milwaukee Bucks taking on the Charlotte Hornets in Charlotte. Milwaukee's off to a really hot start right now. And if they can put this together with Jabari Parker in the mix, they're a threat to the Eastern Conference, uh, at least making it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Dwight Howard hopes to continue his hot start, averaging a double-double thus far through the season, fitting well with the Charlotte Hornets. Celtics in action against the lowly Sacramento Kings. I've got Kyrie and the Celtics in that one. Uh, Grizzlies taking on the surprising Orlando Magic, who currently lead the Eastern Conference as far as re uh, record is concerned. Uh, I've got the Grizzlies coming out on top in that one. New Orleans Pelicans and Minnesota Timberwolves, a lot of big names in this one. Um, you have Carl Anthony Towns taking on DeMarcus Cousins, Anthony Davis uh, in the mix, Jimmy Butler, Andrew Wiggins, just a lot of big names in there. And the three of those big names come from the University of Kentucky. Uh, you've also got the Raptors and Nuggets, Mavs and Clips, and Trailblazers and Jazz. And that kind of wraps up our NBA schedule for the day. And guys, that's all I got for you today. Uh, it's uh, exciting Wednesday for us, exciting news. 
World Series in action tonight again on Fox. Don't forget to tune into that or at least check the highlights for it. Uh, I'll probably try and do a show for that, you know, just during the game, let you guys know what's happening. If I don't, um, you'll hear from me tomorrow. Uh, Just wanted to, you know, let you guys know, feel free to call in to the station and leave some comments, leave some uh, criticisms. Uh, some opposing viewpoints on anything I talk about. That all, all of it is welcome. Debate is welcome. And then feel free to follow uh, my pay- sports page on Facebook. It's called You Pick It, uh, spelt like it sounds. Um, and I post all the big games, all big news stories in the world of sports, and I do my best to keep on top of that. Feel free to give that page a like and then, um, you know, post on the comment boards post on the posts i give for you know the biggest games i'd love to hear your feedback uh, debate is welcome on that page as well and uh it just the more followers the better i'm hoping to you know make that page a uh you know one that's liked by thousands of people hopefully but time will tell i've been running that page for quite a while with still under a hundred likes so any like would help um again that's you pick it spelled just like it sounds have a great rest of your wednesday guys it's november 1st we're getting closer and closer to christmas my favorite time of year getting close to thanksgiving people a lot of people like to skip thanksgiving go straight to christmas but uh in any case again it's hump day uh have a good rest of your day guys this has been garrison talk sports here on anchor